Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Hey, welcome back to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show, your place every weekend to talk travel, hear about travel news, travel deals, and interesting guests. We're coming to you. That's the ocean, the Pacific Ocean you hear in the background. We're doing a special show this weekend on location at the Four Seasons in Punta Mita, Mexico, all along the Pacific case, uh, Pacific case, Pacific Coast. Delighted to have you with us. Delighted to be at this resort. We're going to learn a little about the indigenous people of this area, a little about the food of this area. And uh, I hope by the end of the hour, you're thinking, how do I get down to uh, Punta Mita? Well, you fly into Puerto Vallarta, and uh, it's about a 45-minute drive north along the coast uh, to this region. There are two resorts here, the Four Seasons and a new St. Regis, uh, and they're both stunning. Um, Glad you're back here at Remax's World. We cover travel, well, like the Dew Covers Dixie, the slightly twists the slogan of the Atlanta Constitution General, uh, uh, Journal Constitution. Um, now, this part of the Riviera is branding itself as Nayarit. Tourism officials, tourism officials hope this will uh, someday roll off the tongue of visitors as easily as the Yucatan Peninsula or Maya Peninsula uh, do today. We're going to visit with a local surfer as well this hour, so stick around, close your eyes, listen to the surf in the background, and transport yourself to the beach here at the Four Seasons don't forget to use suntan lotion liberally to avoid burning. Uh, let's start, as we always do at the top of the hour, by looking at some of this uh, week's news and travel. Well, winter weather crippled air travel in various parts of Europe during most of the week. Most recently, on Thursday, Germany had to close airports due to snow and ice. That's not something you hear about much, Frankfurt Airport closing. So if you're traveling to Central Europe today, check your flights before leaving for the airport. And winter is slamming into the Twin Cities of Minneapolis-St. Paul this weekend. About a foot of snow expected, freezing temperatures. So if you're flying Delta, which has a major hub there, and uh, Chicago on Sunday, you might want to check your flights or keep an eye on those flights so that you uh, uh, get where you want to go and know what's going on. Continental Airlines says it will appeal what it called the, quote, absurd, unquote, ruling by a French court that found Continental was criminally responsible for the fatal crash of an Air France Concorde. That was way back in 2000, 10 years ago. The court cited Continental for poor maintenance practices, charging that a small piece of metal left on the runway by a departing Continental flight shredded the tires of the Concorde that took off after it, causing an engine fire that disabled the supersonic Air France jet and killed, hundreds of, uh, killed a lot of people. Well, here's what Continental had to say about that court ruling, and I quote, to find that any crime was committed in this tragic accident is not supported either by the evidence at trial or by aviation authorities and experts around the world, unquote. The, the airline said the ruling, quote, showed the determination of the French authorities to shift attention and blame away from Air France, unquote. So this ain't over yet, 10 years on. Well, this week and the next are slow travel weeks between the Thanksgiving crush of travelers and the December holidays. It's always a nice time to travel, uh, this travel trough, I call it, the first couple of weeks of December. Uh, but shortly, about 43.5 million passengers are going to board U.S. airlines for the holiday season, according to estimates from the Air Transport Association. That's an increase of about 3% compared to last year's levels. Some indication, I would think, that the economy is picking up, particularly because airfares are up a bit 
uh, over last year. Jennifer Gaines is an editor at Travelocity, and she tracks travel trends. We've had her on the show before. Delighted uh, to welcome her back. I want to ask her to give us some advanced take on what we might expect this holiday season. Jennifer, welcome back to the show. Thank you. All right. It appears, by the way, if you're Jennifer, I should tell you as well as our listeners, if I sound slightly different on the air today, it's because we're broadcasting over Skype. We're doing an Oprah Winfrey. Uh, so well, you may, that may account for the slightly different uh, 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 tone of my voice or quality of what you're hearing. But it sounds pretty good to me. We're listening on another uh, uh, to a live feed. And it sounds pretty good. And that's the ocean you hear in the background or you will hear when we uh, are done talking with Jennifer. Sorry, Jennifer. It appears, uh, listen, more people are flying this uh, this month than than last year. Uh, is that what you're finding out at Travelocity as well? Yeah, that's what we're seeing. You know, holiday travel is certainly following the pattern of, of 2010, which has been, like you said, more travelers and, and also uh, slightly higher prices for consumers. And you probably, as I have, have been reading over the last two weeks the reports of the increase. Every single airline, major airline and minor airline, reporting in or, or Rolls-Royce, the manufacturer of the engine is comfortable with. Now, you've had engine failures, and we've talked about them in this show before, and a plane can fly with a, in, one engine or two, if it's got four, uh, just fine. How did you feel as a commercial pilot reading these more detailed reports coming out of what happened on the Singapore Airlines A380? Excuse me, well, it, it, Singapore, the, uh, it, it was the engine Qantas. failure. So, Sorry, Patrick, am I saying Singapore it was a Qantas jet, right? Oh, uh, that's correct, Qantas. Qantas. I'm sorry, it's, I said uh, Singapore Airlines several times. Singapore. It's a Qantas jet. Confusion. Yeah, okay, it's a Qantas jet. I'm sorry, it, was, it went back to Singapore, right. So how did that's you right. feel as a commercial pilot? Was there sort of a little pit in, the, in your stomach there? Um, a little bit, and it wasn't the engine failure per se. It was all of this ancillary weirdness that, that went along with it, these uh, massive fuel leaks and hydraulic failures. And, uh, you know, remarkably, something was severed. Um, in the internal architecture of the plane to the point where they couldn't shut off the adjacent engine next to the one that had the uncontained failure. I read that the engine was running for almost two hours after the plane got on the ground because the, all of the usual methods of, of shutting off the engine would not work. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And that's not supposed to happen, right? obviously. Obviously not. And there yeah. were, I think, 60-some-odd uh, uh, separate malfunctions and failures that were triggered, triggered yeah. by this uh, uncontained failure. You did a, you did a blog item uh, suggesting people even, you know, it's, it's an old saw, but you, you fervently believe it as a pilot, that people, you know, if they're walking in a plane, should be very careful and be able to brace themselves or crouch down low if unexpected turbulence hits because of weather or an engine problem, uh, or, and keep that seatbelt on, right? Yeah, I was writing about um, flying through uh, towering cumulus clouds uh, in, in the nighttime over uh, certain tropical regions and how those clouds can be very bumpy inside and you don't always see them. They can be invisible to crews and invisible to radar. Um, the moral being, you know, be sure to keep your seatbelt fastened even when the sign is off and even when you don't think you should. I mean, airlines will have this as a general policy, but it often goes ignored and people will... Uh, will sit without their belts on and, and risk injury. And if you're up moving around and it becomes extremely bumpy, um, you might want to crouch down, um, maybe kneel, lower your center of gravity, um, you know, otherwise try to brace yourself. You know, always be prepared for the worst. I mean, it's, it's extraordinarily unlikely that turbulence is going to damage the airplane. But if you're up moving around and then things get bumpy or you're not belted in, um, it's, uh, it's possible to be injured. Good point. Hey, Patrick, thanks for joining us. Anytime, Rudy. Thank you.
You can read Patrick Smith at AskThePilot.com. I mentioned in the last news hour, it's worth mentioning again, that Elaine Kaufman of the restaurant Elaine's, a big celebrity hangout on 2nd Avenue, died. You may remember this clip uh, that mentions her restaurant from Billy Joel's hit Big Shot. People that you knew at Elaine's. There are a lot of people that know at Elaine's. Stick around. I'll be right back. We're going to talk with Jason Harris about what kind of new electronic gizmos are trying to lure you into the stores this holiday shopping season. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. Attention savvy travelers, Rudy Maxa here. If you're like me, you can't afford to take chances when you travel. You need medical evacuation service that's dependable and won't cost you a fortune in hidden fees. You need MedJet Assist. As a member, if you're hospitalized over 150 miles from home, MedJet will arrange medical transportation to the hospital of your choice. Believe me, you won't find protection like this from any other company, which is why I'm a member. It's time to travel smarter. Visit MedJet.com and sign up today. MedJet Assist. Take trips, not chances. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Does a rolling stone gather no moss? No moss. You're going to have to trust me on this one. Switch to GEICO now and you could save hundreds on your car insurance. For a free rate quote, visit GEICO.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. 15 minutes could save you 15%. The Center for Disease Control recently reported that one in six people in the U.S. between the ages of 14 and 49 suffer from genital herpes. That's more than 37 million people. Merrick's Pharmaceutical Corporation just introduced the first over-the-counter treatment for genital herpes. It's called Fast Results Genital Herpes Treatment. Fast Results quickly and effectively treats the painful symptoms caused by the genital herpes virus. It provides effective, affordable treatment to people who want a fast-acting, soothing, topical treatment. Fast Results works quickly to relieve pain, burning, and itching. You can buy Fast Results now at CVS and Rite Aid. An important message from Medicare and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Got two miles to go, John. Why are you smiling? Oh, you'll like this. I just changed my Medicare. Open enrollment? Yep. I compared plans and found coverage that's better for me. Did you see the new benefits we get from the new health care law? What? Like, well, 50% off brand name prescriptions for anyone in the donut hole. Really? Come on, John. you got to keep up. Open enrollment is November 15th to December 31st. Visit Medicare.gov or call 1-800-MEDICARE. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. Good afternoon. Good morning. It's 18 minutes after the hour. I'm Rudy Max. We had a little technical glitch with Skype there as we were talking to Jennifer Gaines. uh, Jennifer Gaines from Travelocity. Uh, Jennifer, how are... I know we mentioned that uh, airfare prices are up. It's going to be a little more crowded. Are there any deals left this season for traveling over the December holidays? 
<laughs> well, I'll say the word deal is, is a dangerous one to use for a high-demand travel period because people really should expect to pay more for their airfare than, than they norm, normally would. You know, that said, flexibility certainly pays. So even though, you know, as of today, we're actually within that 14-day booking window, you can still find a ticket that's around the average price point, which is about $399 for a domestic round-trip ticket. Uh, if you're flexible with your schedule. Um, Travelocity actually just did an analysis and found that flying on Christmas Day and returning the Tuesday after um, is the cheapest average itinerary that our, our consumers are finding. So if you haven't booked yet, uh, try, try that little trick flying on the actual holiday, and you'll probably save. Perfect. Hey, Jennifer, thank you for joining us. Sorry about the hiccup on Skype here, but we're back with you and uh, glad to have you on. So fly no on Christmas problem. Day, come back the following Tuesday. Jennifer Gaines is with uh, Travelocity. She's an editor there. We're back at the Four Seasons in Punta Mita, Mexico, and uh, I'm joined by Susana Valadez, who is, the, is an anthropologist, and she is the founder of the uh, – How do you, you'll, I'll let you pronounce it for me, Susana. Huichol. The Weechol Center. Now, the Weechols are a tribe of indigenous people, of mm -hmm. Indians. Mm -hmm. uh, how long have they been in this region? Uh, anthropologists date their tribe back to the second century A.D. So That's quite a heritage, yeah, isn't it? they're the original owners of this land. And, and how many of those Indians are surviving? There's about 8,000 of them still surviving in the traditional homeland, which is actually up in the mountains, a, a little bit of the ways from here. Now, you are the founder of the Weechul Center for Cultural Survival and Traditional Arts. Mm -hmm. Just the name of that, Cultural Survival, suggests that there are some problems with this group of people keeping their traditions and religion and lifestyle. Well, the tribe has miraculously survived pretty much intact into the 21st century, but they're now definitely endangered because of the dominant society finally catching up to them. How have they survived so long? The isolation of the tribe is a huge factor. They live in a really rugged homeland. It kind of looks like the Grand Canyon. And so the missionaries and conquerors turned around when, they were, when, when the tribes were fleeing from the conquest. And I guess uh, they thought that nobody could survive in, in that harsh homeland. But the Weechol people survived. And they're still a viable culture with tremendous links to pre-Columbian cultures. Okay. You... Uh you say in your, on your website, I'll give that uh, out in just a moment, that the, uh, the Weechel people are teetering on the edge of extinction. Mm -hmm. Is modern society creeping into their lives? Modern society is, I call it the modern day conquest because they're being attacked on every front. Uh, spiritually, they're being uh, conquered by the evangelistic movement that's now penetrating there. Economically, they're one of the poorest groups in Mexico because their economy is, is based on corn trading, not a cash trading economy. Uh, outside illnesses that they have no immunity for are penetrating in, and, and there are epidemics of measles and whooping cough and tuberculosis, and their traditional shamans really don't have a way of dealing with that. Now, they sell shamans. They still use peyote, uh, peyote I guess, to get in touch with their ancestors. This is, seems like something from a history book. Well, actually, the Weechol culture is a mirror to the past, and um, or a window to the past, we can say, because they're still keeping alive so many of the Native traditions that that signify what Native American cultures stood for and their spirituality. So 
Is it possible to hold back this this wave of modernity? I'm trying. <laughs> How are you doing that? <laughs> uh, I have a multi-scaled approach. I've been working with the tribe since the 70s. I actually married into it, so I'm, I'm very much a, a part of the, the daily activities. And, and from that standpoint, from that insider standpoint, I can very much be a, a problem solver in the tribe. But um, the strategy is to first help them with preventative medicine because you don't, you know, if, if, if there's a 50% infant mortality rate, that, that really um, lessens the odds of their survival incredibly. So health. I also help them become um, self-sufficient economically, helping them to become great artists and sell their artwork instead of having to work in tobacco fields or become beggars on the streets in order to make cash. Um, we're definitely in support of the traditional religion and help all the shamans and the tribal elders pass on the knowledge to the new generations. And I, you know, I hate to be cliched here, but does the new generation want uh, iPhones and MTV and all the things that kids their age in, say, the United States or Mexico City want? Of course they do. Mm. They're living in the 21st century world. Right. But one of my approaches is to equip the kids, this generation, with computer skills. And however, what I'm doing as their database, I use as their, their database their own symbols and their own esoteric knowledge, and I retrofeed that back to them through their computers. And so they use their com computer skills to create digital art or to archive their ethnographic traditions. And so there's a way you can make modern technology work. Boy, in the as an anthropologist, you just landed right in the middle of it, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, this is well, probably a chance of uh, an experience of a lifetime. Well, I think I'm reinventing the field of anthropology. No more sitting on, in the armchair smoking a pipe. I'm out there being very proactive in the rescue and conservation of what I consider to be one of the most important uh, native tribes left in the Americas. I'm talking with, uh, I have a couple minutes left with Susanna Valadez. She's the founder of the Huichol, uh, and that's spelled H-U-I-C-H-O-L, Center for... Uh, uh, cultural survival and traditional arts. Um, you can find more information at thehuichelcenter.org. Again, let me spell Huichol for you. H-U-I-C-H-O-L. Thehuichelcenter.org is where you can find more information about this group of pre-Columbian people who are still trying, holding on to their, their heritage. Just a, a minute left, Susanna. Um, you mentioned religion. Uh, they make an annual, it's supposed to make an annual pilgrimage to the lands of their ancestors. Uh, that's difficult now these days, isn't it? It's difficult because their, their trails, which uh, were, it's about 300 miles from their homeland to where the sacred peyote desert is. And, um, and their trails have been blocked off by barbed wire fences and they can't get through anymore. So it's very hard for them to find the money to pay for buses or other types of transportation. And but, you have a gallery that sells their art to help them in that regard, don't you? I do. Uh, the gallery is in Sayulita. It's Galeria Tanana. It's uh, right in a very... Sayulita is a town about a 15-minute drive from the Four Seasons Punta Mitir, correct? Yes, we get many visitors from the Big Four surf Seasons town. there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you have a gallery there, and, uh, and the art is, can you describe it? I mean, it's incredibly colorful. It's, yeah, I saw a medicine wheel, uh, breathtaking stuff. 
it, it really is special, and it's, it all comes from their peyote visions. Uh, the peyote is a, is a consciousness-expanding cactus, mm -hmm. and it's the guiding cultural image for them. And so every, all of their artwork reflects some aspect of the, the teachings that they receive from their plant helpers. I, I can't resist. You said you married into the Huichol tribe. You are from where? I'm a, a Chicago hometowner, and I was a UCLA grad student in 1975. Came to Mexico to work on my dissertation. And, Met a guy. Uh, <laughs> Met a Huichol man. <laughs> And I got an A on my dissertation, though. So. I bet you, you're still getting an A on your dissertation. Do you have children? I have three kids, and um, they're all, uh, the oldest is 30, and the youngest is 22, and all of my children are, are have very much embraced the Weechol traditions and help at the Weechol Center. And I presume there's a road now to where they're, to their community, so you don't live in the community, do you? I live on the very outskirts of their community, and there are uh, kind of roads. So not, not every area has a road, and they're still very, very remote places. And do you find you're embraced by the Huichol people? They, they appreciate what you're doing? Do they understand what you're doing? Well, I've been with them for 35 years, oh. and, and so I think, uh, I think that's a sign that they do embrace me. And, I would say you could go with that. I work hard every day to maintain the culture and a good quality of life for this very much endangered tribe. Well, I, I'm, I'm in awe of the 35 years you spent studying this. I've been, I'm in, in awe of your website and what your foundation is trying to do, and I hope our listeners will take a look at it, and I thank you for joining us. Thanks. Great, great to be here. The web, Susanna Valdez's website is the Huichol, uh, Huichol Center, the Huichol Center, and Huichol is spelled again H-I-U-C-H-O-L, huichelcenter.org. Okay. You spelled it wrong. <laughs> Did I spell it wrong? I'm sorry. You spell it for me. Okay. The... Huichol, H-U-I-C-H-O-L. Sorry, Center, I have a typo in my computer, the Center .org. org. Hey, thanks very Thank much you. for joining it's us. Great being here. We'll be right back. All right. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. I'd like to invite you on a very special trip in March, an 11-day wine and sightseeing tour of Chile and Argentina designed by Colette Vacations. We'll even do the radio show live during this adventure. This fully escorted trip includes airfare, lodging, 15 meals, and many other extras, even a tango lesson. We'll taste wine in Santiago, Chile, then take in Mendoza, Argentina, as well as exciting Buenos Aires. So call Colette Vacations now at 800-762-5345. Ask about the wine and wonders trip to South America. That's 800-762-5345. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Do only dogs hear dog whistles? You can enjoy multi-car safety feature and good driver discounts when you switch to GEICO. For a free rate quote, visit GEICO.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. 15 minutes could save you 15%. participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. 
It's about 33 minutes after the hour. I'm Rudy Maxa, a.k.a. The Savvy Traveler. We're coming to you. We're doing a special show this weekend from the Four Seasons Punta Mita on the Pacific coast of Mexico. We're just about a 45, 50-minute drive north of, uh, of of the town of Puerto Vallarta, the second most popular tourist town in this uh, tourist city in this country, after Cancun, interestingly enough. Um, in the background, you may hear the waves. You may notice a slightly different tone to my voice. We're coming to you on Skype, via the courtesy of Skype and the magic of that uh, internet connection. Uh, I know Oprah's been doing it with video, but since we're radio, we're going to do it with sound. I'm delighted to be joined by the executive chef here at the Four Seasons in Punta Mita. His name is Philippe Piel. I know his cooking very well because uh, he only arrived here two years ago after working since 2001 at the Hotel Sofitel Lafayette Park in Washington, D.C., my former hometown. I remember when the hotel opened up. It was and still is a lovely hotel. And if you have an opportunity to eat there, well, uh, I'm sure you'll be delighted. Uh, Philippe is French, as you'll hear in a moment from his accent. He hails from Brittany, which may explain why there's so many good oysters here on the menu at the seafood restaurant at the Four Seasons. He began cooking at his mother's kitchen at a young age, and he hasn't stopped since. He's worked in Bali, Colum Cambodia, Colombia, Bermuda, and the United Kingdom. And now you happily find yourself here. Eh, Philippe, is it okay? How are you, Rudy? Yeah, I'm very pleased to be here in, uh, in Puerto Vallarta, I mean, in Punta Mita. Um, obviously, I wanted to go back to, uh, you know, to a resort uh, destination. And I'm glad to be at the Four Seasons. It's a great location, and we really enjoy our time in Mexico. I presume December, January, and February really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're getting ready for, you know, for the high season. That's coming next week, so I mean, we're very glad, and it's, uh, it's time to show on. Now, let's talk about Mexican cuisine for a moment. Um, you know, there's obviously people think of Mexico. Uh, you know, everybody gets a bad rap, whether it's, you know, the English with their bangers and mash, uh, uh, Pizza for Italians, Mexico's taco and enchiladas. Uh -huh. But I gather the ingredients, I'm guessing the ingredients here might be very interesting to you, given your international background as a chef. I mean, obviously, I mean, Mexico is a great country. I mean, it's obviously it's big enough. I've been here only two years, so I haven't had the chance yet to, to travel throughout the, the different region. Right. Because obviously, the, it's like in France, basically. The, the food is very different to which region you're from. Being here in Punta Mita, obviously, we, we focus on seafood because that's what he's looking for. We, we're really looking at. And, you know, I was very afraid about chiles. When you think about Mexican food, you, you think chile. Sure. But there are so many different types, you know. They are not on, only hot. Some are very nice, some are kind of sweet, some kind of smoky. So it's very good to, uh, to, to play with this type of mixes on, you know, on, on various flavors and things and put in the menus with fish or anything you want. It's Have a, you had fun with the Mexican ingredients? Yeah, we really enjoy it. We really enjoy it. It's very nice. Uh, I really like Mexican food. And it's uh, so versatile. We can do many things with it. So it's really interesting. Uh, one thing I, I, I'm just in love with, I know it's happening again on today, on Saturday, as we broadcast live, uh, but three times a week, a uh, fisherman pulls up here to the beach and displays his fresh catch, and guests come down to the beach at 11.30 in the morning and pick what fish they might like to have for lunch or dinner. They tell you whether they want it sashimi-style, simply grilled. That's was correct. That your idea? That's correct. No, I mean, that's was, uh, that's already on when before I arrived, but obviously being on the, on the coast, and we are very lucky. I mean, the, the, the Pacific Ocean in this area is full of fish. So all the fish that we use in the resort is daily caught live, obviously. So we use the fishermen from next door village, from Punta Mita, mm -hmm. and we receive fresh fish on daily basis. But yeah, three days a week, we do a presentation to the guests just to see what's available. Obviously, we never know what we have because it's, that's the beauty of the catch. You know, everything comes with, throughout the, uh, the season, the weather conditions. So it's always a surprise. And we offer them the, the choice to pick something specifically they want. And we prepare, them, prepare it the way they like, at their choice, convenience, lunch, dinner, in their room, in the restaurants. They can only buy the, the fish if, we like, if they want to and cook it themselves. 
I mean, we uh, we we play. Uh, we you play. let the guest cook the fish. Him, no, no. Him or I mean, if, if some some guests want you in the residence or in villa, they can just buy the oh, fish. Oh, I see. On, in the villa, yeah. I see they'll take the fish home. Exactly. I got to tell you, you are the fastest English-speaking <laughs> Frenchman I have ever heard. Uh, I wow, know that's you're incredible. That's, that's one of my uh, one of my uh, weakness. Weakness. No, yeah. it's not a weakness. Philip PL is the executive chef here at the Four Seasons Put to Beat. We're just talking with him for another minute or so. Um, what are the fish that are local to this region? Uh, so, I mean, we have obviously snappers, which that's the most common area. Uh, mahi mahi. Uh, yellowfin tuna, beautiful tuna throughout the year, except few few months where it's a bit difficult. Parrotfish, uh, amberjack, big eye jack. Um, what else we have? Uh, groupers from time to time. Uh, scale, so skate. Something called a surgeon fish, and I thought yeah. the waiter was mispronouncing sturgeon, but no, it's no, actually no. called surgeon. It's called surgeon. It's called surgeon because he has a little blade on the back of his tail, so oh. I get to to protect himself when they get, get the other one get closer. He cut them open basically. So Yow. it's a it's a very it's a it's a coral reef fish. Very interesting. I mean, the, 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 the texture is slightly different. It's kind of a, it's firmer. It's a little bit like the parrot fish. Firmer, white flesh, beautiful, very mild, but a little bit uh, rubbery if you overcooked it. So you just have to, you know, to, to, to know it. It's kind of different. Well, I tell you, I, ha I picked the mahi-mahi the other morning uh -huh. and had it uh, sashimi style, which is raw, freshly Obviously, cut. Yeah. Unbelievable. Melted like butter in my mouth. Uh -huh. I mean, we will, I mean, again, you know, fish is really what you want to go for if you come to, uh, to Punta Mita. Uh, it's it's a delicacy from the area. So, What's your biggest challenge here as a chef? Uh, I mean, you know, some, some products are a bit more difficult to find. I mean, so especially fruits, even though we're in tropics, you know, it's, we have few good fruits throughout the year, but it's not so much variety in the area. I mean, it's kind of the fruits, yes. I mean, we import a lot of stuff from, from Mexico as well, so we, uh, we, uh, we try our best, but usually we have a lot of variety of things, so we, we'll make it happen anywhere. But I presume you like to use local ingredients. Yeah, when definitely. We we focus on local stuff, you know, from Where whatever. Where do strawberries come from? That no, that come from uh, from Ensenada, you know, closer to Baja California, like a little bit like uh, outside of California. Many things right. grows there. Wine too. All the seafood also come there. The, the oysters and uh, and clams and mussels come from uh, Ensenada. Billy, so, BFL, we got to say goodbye. I appreciate. It. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Rudy. Have a nice day. Bye. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at rudymaxa.com. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Is trying to sneak out of a really boring meeting wearing tap shoes a bad idea? Sales growth has increased 2.9%. That's a reflection of aggressive... Ben, where are you going? Uh, nowhere. Headed back to my seat now. Switch to GEICO now and you could save hundreds on your car insurance. For a free rate quote, visit GEICO.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. 15 minutes could save you 15%. AutoZone. Winter is coming and temperatures are falling, so make sure your performance and gas mileage don't fall too. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Cleaning your fuel system can help you restore lost power, save gas, and eliminate tough starts. Do it now and save at AutoZone with a buy one, get one free deal on 12-ounce bottles of STP Fuel System Cleaner. See store for restrictions and details. One bottle can clean your entire fuel system. Keep your car running like new. Get to AutoZone today. Get in the zone. AutoZone. <laughs> 
The Center for Disease Control recently reported that one in six people in the U.S. between the ages of 14 and 49 suffer from genital herpes. That's more than 37 million people. Merrick's Pharmaceutical Corporation just introduced the first over-the-counter treatment for genital herpes. It's called Fast Results Genital Herpes Treatment. Fast Results quickly and effectively treats the painful symptoms caused by the genital herpes virus. It provides effective, affordable treatment to people who want a fast-acting, soothing, topical treatment. Fast Results works quickly to relieve pain, burning, and itching. You can buy Fast Results now at CVS and Rite Aid. An important message from Medicare and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Got two miles to go, John. Why are you smiling? Oh, you'll like this. I just changed my Medicare. Open enrollment? Yep. I compared plans and found coverage that's better for me. Did you see the new benefits we get from the new health care law? What? Like, well, 50% off brand name prescriptions for anyone in the donut hole. Really? Come on, John. you got to keep up. Open enrollment is November 15th to December 31st. Visit Medicare.gov or call 1-800-MEDICARE. Make plans now to join me in March as we head to Chile and Argentina for a special wine and sightseeing trip from Colette Vacations. I'll broadcast the radio show from there and we'll enjoy outstanding sightseeing and meals. The tour begins with four days in Santiago, then takes the dramatic drive over snow-capped mountains into Argentine wine country, then to fabulous Buenos Aires. Visit RudyMaxa.com or contact Colette Vacations at 800-762-5345. Ask about the wine and wonders trip to South America. That's 800-762-5345. Attention savvy travelers, Rudy Maxa here. If you're like me, you can't afford to take chances when you travel. You need medical evacuation service that's dependable and won't cost you a fortune in hidden fees. You need MedJet Assist. As a member, if you're hospitalized over 150 miles from home, MedJet will arrange medical transportation to the hospital of your choice. Believe me, you won't find protection like this from any other company, which is why I'm a member. It's time to travel smarter. Visit MedJet.com and sign up today. MedJet Assist. Take trips, not chances. This segment of the program is brought to you by MedJet Assist. Unlike other evacuation services, only MedJet Assist lets you decide which hospital will be your final destination. Regardless of the nature of your illness or injury, if you're hospitalized while traveling, they'll be there for you. So take trips, not chances, and visit MedJetAssist.com or go to RudyMaxa.com and look under radio sponsors for more info. It's 43 minutes after the hour. I'm Rudy Maxa. Hear those waves in the background? I'm on the Pacific coast of Mexico, about an hour's drive north of Puerto Vallarta at a resort that the Four Seasons runs called the Four Seasons Punta Mita. And those are waves crashing on the ocean. And my next guest is very familiar with those waves. He works here as the front desk assistant manager. His name is Pablo Cariaga. Muy bien. Exactly. How did I do on that? Very <laughs> right, well. Spanish is... Uh, How are uh, you? Fine. Pablo, thank you for joining us. The reason I mentioned Pablo's name in connection with the waves is he may be working that front desk at the Four Seasons, but in his secret life, he's an expert surfer. And I wanted to talk to him about that. So I I guess it should go without saying this is a great surfing region. It's an excellent region. You have waves for, for everybody, for beginners, experts, and we get very good swells in this area. All year round? Yes, yes. Uh, well, it's very seasonal, but generally it's it's really, really good. This is the beginning of the high season, the winter, obviously. Is, is it a good time for waves in the winter? Winter season is really good season, yeah. We get all the, the south swells, so it's really good season. And tell me about you. Are you from here? I'm from Mexico City. And what brought you here? The waves? The waves, yeah. Really? <laughs> really. So you found uh, a way to, to make a living as well as have surfing at your doorstep every day. Yes, yes. I always wanted to live near the ocean and, and 
practice surfing every day and also work. So, How long have you been surfing? Like 13 years. All right. Now, yes. I'm not a surfer, so you're going to speak surfer language. If I were a surfer and I was saying, hey, Pablo, what's it like uh, down there at Punta Mita? What would you say to a surfer? It's, it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. Yes. And that would say everything? Everything, yeah. They but, will come and... But uh, I'm looking now from our view right here. We're at the four scenes of the suite. We're looking out, and there are some big rocks out there. Yeah, it's around here. It's kind of rocky, but very close to the resort. Um, there are really good spots. So Where you come into a sandy beach, and it's safe and so on. Yes, of course, of course. But there are spots of everything, like beginners, um, experts. So, But you will see some rocks near the... Is it difficult to learn how to surf? It looks easier when you are looking at the surfers. You you will tell, oh, I can do it in one day. But sure. <laughs> when you do it once, you realize that it's it's difficult. You need practice and practice and practice. And can anybody of any age learn how to surf? Yes, I, I've seen boys of five years old surfing, or old guys like me surfing. <laughs> no, <laughs> but everybody can learn to surf anytime. It's perfect sport. Now, how long does it take to learn to surf? I mean, do you become good in, in, in three days or is it three months? No, I believe one month in a row practicing, you will get it. Okay. Yes. And how big do the waves get here? Here I've surfed um, swells where we call the swells like the, the waves that come. Sure. Um, I've surfed nine feet waves. Nine feet? Yes, or how bigger. How tall are you? I'm like... <laughs> I'm a short guy, but <laughs> and nine feet. Does Those not, waves are now. Does nine me. feet excite you or frighten, scare you? It's a point where it's scary and maybe stop uh, being fun. So you have to to be careful. But what's, mm, sorry, what's in the average size wave? What's an ideal wave here? Here, four feet is fun. Four feet and, four and to six feet. Will I find those almost every day here? Yes, yes. Really? Yes. It's incredible. You see a lot of spots that. You will think they are flat, but you will get the waves. Can uh, are there people to instruct folks? I know you can't teach people how to surf because you're busy working the front desk. But <laughs> I presume there's someone on on the resort who teaches surfing. Uh, yes, well, uh, there are some guys that live in Punta Mita near the resort, and they they give lessons and they have their own companies. These guys have been living here for for years. And the years. hotel can help with that. Obviously. Of course, like, we can help to. Is there somewhere in the world you would them? really love to go to surf? Kill us later. Where? Kelly, ah, a place where I would love yes. to surf. Yes. Well, I went to. I was. I had the luck to went to to go to Bali. To Bali, Indonesia. But you misunderstood my question. You mentioned someone's name. Yes. Who is was, Kelly's later? And it's, who is Kelly's? Who one is of that? the best surfers in one the world. One of the best surfers, man or woman? A uh, man. American. American, yeah. He has won the tenth uh, championship, so it's. World All right. Record. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I really thank you for joining us, Pablo. Pablo uh, Cariaga is the uh, front desk general, uh, front desk assistant manager. And if you're a surfer, when you check in, ask for Pablo, and he'll tell you where to go to find the good stuff. Right? Of course. Of course. <laughs> hey, I thank you for joining us, Pablo. Thank you. My pleasure. Stick around. We'll be back. We're going to talk about tequila. Don't go away.
To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. 51 minutes after the hour, I always hate it when the hour comes to an end. But when it ends with my friend Andy Blue, a.k.a. Anthony Dias Blue, well, I'm a happy guy. Andy is uh, editor-in-chief of the Tasting Panel magazine. It's a largely trade publication for the uh, wine and spirits industry. He's also executive director of the San Francisco Wine and Spirits Competition, an enormous uh, wine competition and spirits competition held in San Francisco each year. You may occasionally see uh, awards, uh, uh, symbols plastered to bottles of wine, and you can, uh, you know that the experts have tasted it and that you're going to be in good hands. Uh, Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rudy. Great, great to be here. I want to talk to you about tequila, because I remember when we first met years ago, we were in uh, Cancun. Yes. And uh, you gave a presentation on tequila, which was where I first learned anything about, uh, about tequila. And I have... Before then, I, I presume, like many Americans, I thought, well, tequila is tequila. But, but it's, well, it's not, of, is there? There's a lot of mythology about tequila, and I think a lot of people you know, remember, remember getting uh, unpleasantly uh, uh, inebriated in from it high school, uh, right. in high school and college. Um, there, there are a couple of important things to keep in mind. Uh, tequila is basically the same proof as, as gin or vodka or, you know, they're all 80 proof. Uh, there are some that are higher, but mostly they're 80 proof. The key thing to look for when you're buying tequila is to make sure that it says 100% blue agave on it. Now, I'm not saying that because my name is blue, but I'm telling you that, <laughs> that the reason is that the ones that don't say that are called mistos, and that means that they're only 50% agave and then 50% sugar or caramel or something else, and those are the ones that give you a terrible hangover. And there's some well-known brands that aren't pure agave, aren't there? Uh, yes, there are. Okay. They will become. They will be unnamed in this uh, in this segment. However, but look at look for a hundred percent agave. That's the beginning. Yes, that's the beginning. Now there are three. They come in three different types: fresh out of the still, which is called blanco or white or silver; uh, rested, which is uh, reposado in uh, in Spanish, and that means that usually six months or so in wood. And then Añejo, which is the more age, they are at least a year in wood, and now they have the Super Añejos that are four years in wood. Frankly, I think that the white ones are, if you really like the taste of agave, and if, particularly if you're mixing them in a margarita, the white ones are the ones to have. Uh, but there are a lot of people now, you know, many of the uh, tequilas, there are hundreds of tequilas now on the market. It's just hugely successful. It's one of the fastest growing types of spirits uh, in the business. A lot of them are kind of dumbed down for the American market. I mean, they're, you know, they're kind of a little bit too smooth, a little bit too elegant. If you want a real uh, rustic kind of tequila feeling, go to Mezcal. Mezcal is made from a different kind of uh, agave, and they tend to be much more rustic and much more, uh, much fruitier, much more um, aromatic. Uh, but they're very expensive. I mean, some of the best mezcals are in the eighty to one hundred dollar bottle range. Really? Now, see that I just thought mezcals yeah. were inexpensive tequilas, but it's a whole different breed. It is a whole different well, breed, related and, to and, the same plant, but a different plant. Yes. Yeah. 
And uh, they're meant, uh, tequila can only be made in Jalisco and one little other part uh, of Mexico, whereas uh, mezcals can be made in other places. My guest is Anthony Dias Blue. He is the editor in chief of the Tasting Panel magazine, executive director of the San Francisco Wine Competition and the San Francisco Spirits Competition. We have a couple of minutes left. We're coming to you from the Four Seasons in Punta Mita on the Pacific Coast, just about a 45 minute drive north of Puerto Vallarta. That's the ocean you hear in the background. Great waves, great scenery. And as we noticed in the bar the other night, Andy, great tequila here and a wide selection. Oh, yes. I mean, this is a great place to come get your bachelor's terrific, tequila. Terrific, terrific selection. And, you know, I mean, if, you, if, if you're not an expert in tequila when you're in Mexico, you know, you might as well give it up. I mean, because there are, there are a lot of brands that are available here that don't even make it to the States. And uh, some of them are really, really wonderful. Now, what do you use? Again, you've got the, the white, the Reposado, which is right. the rested, and then the one that's rested longer, the Añejo, which is aged longer. Right. What do you use to make margaritas? Definitely the white. You should definitely use the white. Because and what you're trying to do is get the most intensity of agave flavor, that wonderful kind of... And, and the Reposado and the Añejo, uh, you drink them neat or on the well, rocks? Well, neat or on the rocks or, uh, you know, they're sipping, they're for sipping. I think particularly the Añejos... Uh, you can use them like you would use scotch. So you can drink it at room temperature as well as on the rocks. Absolutely. And how about the salt around the rim? Is that is the world divided to people who like salt on the rim and Pretty don't? Pretty much. I'm not. I'm a non-salt person. I think that a lot of uh, times the salt was there to hide bad tequila. Ah. But um, you know, people like it, and uh, and go and for I it. also I uh, gather that. Uh, that using fresh lime juice for tequila makes a world of difference oh, from using key. bottled. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. That it's so funny how uh, one or two classic lines from a movie will become uh, uh, become ingrained in the um, embedded in the uh, American uh, uh, consciousness, and that one is certainly one uh, from Leslie. Nielsen. Um, he w in, w acted in dozens of uh, uh, movies and television shows, um, but uh, and, he, and he was he, he was a comedian as well. He died at 84. I'm sorry, I said he was 81. Uh, he died at 84 this week. But that line in uh, in Airplane will be remembered for a long, long time. listening to Rudy Max's World and as always you're hearing must hear radio on the SSI radio network